How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to y'all on a fine Friday afternoon on October 1st. Ben, first Friday of October. You ready to do our thing? I'm ready, man. It's exciting. This is a great, great, great time for sports. You get basketball rumors coming up. College football is sitting. It's uh, pretty close to its peak of the season, in the middle of the season. Playoff baseball is coming. Uh, yep. Hockey's about to start again. It's a great time for sports. Yeah. Um, before we jump into it, we're going to do, obviously, college football first, NFL second. NFL, we have an extra two games for y'all, and I'm not even going to lie. There was two more games that I left off that we didn't want to do just because I don't want to be here until 630 on a Friday. Um, other thing is, Ben, how about those Braves, baby? Stop on, man. Four in a row. Four consecutive division titles. Uh, listen, I, you know, there's people out there who don't really consider you know division titles to be all that important. Uh Someone that I know that you also know, uh, I'll let you know who it is after the podcast says teams shouldn't hold up banners for winning division titles. Listen, to me, it's you have three goals in order to get to the big prize in baseball. You win your division, that, that should be goal number one. You win the league, that should be goal number two. You win the World Series, that, that should be the three-step process for every team this year. Braves have once again done step one. Yeah, and I mean, how is it not a big accomplishment when one, your arguably top three to five best player in baseball is out for the season, you're missing your ace pitcher, you're missing your starting catcher for a good bit of time, and and you're missing your cleanup hitter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you texted that to me even. like It's absolutely crazy, man, what this team is able to accomplish. The other thing I'm going to say, too, is the Marlins, Mets, the Phillies, all those teams, they might as well just attempt to move divisions because we're their daddy at this point. The <laughs> fact we could be down this bad and they spend all this money. I mean, the Mets even went out and got Javi Baez, have the best pitching staff in baseball. Look where it got him. Hey, Ben, we said it all season long. That Mets negative run differential would not hold up. Nope, it didn't. Injuries always catch up to that team for, for whatever reason. They've ne- they just can't get over the injury bug. There's no team I hate more than the Phillies. They spend a billion dollars uh, and they do the same thing every year. They can't, they're like one of the worst fielding teams I've ever seen in my entire life. So they leave, they're like top five in errors every single year. They still can't pitch. I don't know why they think Aaron Ola is so great. He's, he's a good pitcher. He's nothing great. Zach Wheeler is a stud, um, but that's pretty much all they got. They were relying on Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez to like actually give them productive starts for 162 games. That, that doesn't happen. It, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah it Velasquez isn't even on the roster anymore. So that tells enough to you right about right there for you guys. Let's get down to it though, guys. I mean, this might be the best college football and NFL card of the entire year. College football is absolutely stacked up. I mean, when do you get a get a game between two top 10 teams that kicks off at 12 p.m.? Very rarely. Um, so right here. As I alluded, we have the Arkansas Razorbacks, number eight in the nation, going on the road to play the number two Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia 17-point home favorite. It was 18 and a half earlier today. The total is at 50. Ben, what are you doing with this one and why? I don't have a play on it right now. I don't think I'm going to have a play on it. But for the podcast, since we do force picks, I would, I would lean towards – I would lean towards – the under in this game both defenses are a lot stronger than each team's offense um both while well, kj jefferson there was rumors of him being hurt from last game 
Uh, well, in that rumors, he did get hurt last game. Uh, he's expected to play, but he'll be a little banged up. I believe it was a knee injury. And then JT Daniels, I don't know when he's going to be 100% healthy. They're, you know, he's been hurt since the Clemson game. So it hasn't seemed to hurt him. He still throws bombs down the field. So they keep saying he's injured, but his arm strength is still there. Um, this this will be – this is just like a tougher defense. I got Georgia won't beat Arkansas 62-0 when they've beaten Vandy and uh, UAB and, you know, all these teams except for Clemson. So I'll lean towards the under in this game, but uh, I, that's just a forced pick. I do not have it on my card. Yeah, Ben, I mean, you explained this one very well for me. I have an actual pick on the under. Um, I just okay. feel like this game is going to be – not only do I think it's going to be kind of a rock fight, but at the same time, like you said, both quarterbacks are banged up. But realistically, Arkansas got everything they got on Texas A&M on chunk plays on the ground. What's the big defensive tackle's name on Georgia? Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. He will not let that happen alone. I mean, if he was more flashy, he could win the Heisman Trophy. That's how good this guy is and how good the Jordan de- Georgia defense is. The thing is, he's not flashy enough. He doesn't put up the sack numbers, you know, but you, you already know he's getting triple teamed in the middle. Like, he's literally the reason why Georgia's defense is as good as it is. I don't think Arkansas is going to be able to run the ball. I don't think KJ Jefferson is going to be able to get side of the pocket. I don't think that backup quarterback, I can't remember his name, is going to be able to do anything if he gets in the game. I don't see Arkansas moving the ball, period. Georgia, I don't think it's this is Vanderbilt this week. I mean, this Arkansas defense is damn good. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Georgia's going to try to run the ball, especially with Daniels banged up. So, I just feel like another, that there's an- – Another part of it is uh, – so, the, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but, like, Nolan Smith, the, the defensive end for Georgia, had a mm-hmm. quote saying, like, I don't care if it's the New England Patriots. No one's getting in our end zone. And then some Arkansas player quote-tweeted it with a laughing emoji. Um, so there's there's that. I mean, listen, Arkansas's not scared to come into this game. It's they really don't have much to lose. I think pretty much the entire Vegas and the entire country pretty much expects them to lose this game. The fact that it's a top ten matchup and it started as an eighteen and a half point favorite tells you it shouldn't be a close game in the eyes of Vegas. So we'll see. It, you know, if you really watch the Arkansas game against A and M, I don't know how you can watch that game and say you were impressed with their offense. Uh, they, they, did they, didn't move, they didn't really move the ball. Specifically in the second half, they didn't do anything with the football. So as good as A&M's defense is this year, which it is good, Georgia's is on another level compared to A&M's, really compared to everyone's defense in the country. So if Arkansas struggled to move the ball in A&M, it, good luck in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, exactly. I mean, also, too, I I'll, I will say this. Their win against Texas A&M was very fraudulent and overrated, but their win against Texas looks more legit as the season keeps going on. You know, Texas has been looking better and better. They put up a 70-piece last week, and they've scored seven against Arkansas. So this Arkansas defense is legit. I just don't think the offense is quite Different there quarterback, yet. Though. Yeah, Sam Pittman's, Pittman's doing a hell of a job there. I think it's one year too soon. I think he's playing with house money. Ultimately, I think this Hogs team will finish the season 9-3, and three, I would say. I'd say they'll probably lose to Ole Miss and Alabama as well. But, hey, this is a great start for them so far. This is a team that every, everyone I know was max betting them to go under 5.5. I liked the reasoning, but at the same time, I really just felt like that Sam Pittman was doing something good there, so I'm glad I didn't take a bite of it. But I will say this, spread-wise, I don't like Arkansas. I like Georgia on the spread. But I'm the, out of principle, when you have a total that's 50 points or less, if the if the other team's catching seven, I'd say like 14-plus, I just can't take that out of principle because that's over 40% of the spread. It was a different quarterback for Texas now than when they played Arkansas. I will say that. Yeah, that is true too, but – 
you know, still, <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. We all know how good B. John Robinson is. Next game up here at three. Actually, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't go to it yet. We'll go with the game, big game that's at 2.30. We have number eight Cincinnati taking on number seven Notre Dame. Cincinnati is a two-point road favorite. They're a two-point road favorite in South Bend against the Irish. Ben, what do you think about this one? You know what's really interesting about this is uh, the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. His name is Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. Do you know where he was last year? At Cincinnati? He was he was the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati just last year. So I would imagine he knows the schemes Cincinnati likes to run. Um, so I think that forces Cincinnati to kind of find that perfect balance of getting creative while also not straying away from who they are. Um you, I mean, he listen. You, if you're, if they plan on running the offense that they've run under Luke Fickle's staff the entire time, I would say Marcus Freeman could probably know what's coming in in some situations, you know, specific formations. But the good thing, I guess, the opposite side of that that I like for Cincinnati is they're coming off a bye, so they've had a whole week of playing against themselves, of scheming up new plays, scheming up new formations. And stuff like that. And Cincinnati's defense, in terms of total defense, they rank mm-hmm. twenty. They rank twenty seventh in the country. So, once again, I don't have this on my card, but I'm leaning taking Cincinnati with the points. Um, Jack Cohn, I think he's going to play, but I don't know if he's a hundred percent. I think the backup played pretty well last week, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at some point Notre Dame. Notre Dame's got a hard schedule as they do most years. I think at some point it slips up for them. Um, I brought up a quote in the George game. I, I got to bring up this one because this one's even bigger. There was a quote that a reporter asked Desmond Ritter, who you know I love, Cincinnati quarterback, and about the crowd noise and everything like that. He said, I don't expect it to be loud for that long. That's going to be on a bulletin board in the Notre Dame locker room. I'm sure the word has already been spread around campus. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Whew. We- We'll see how loud it is. I think Cincinnati needs to get off to a good start. Um, I believe in Luke Fickle. I, I do. I think he's a really good coach. I think the bye will help him off this week. Uh, even though Notre Dame kind of blew out Wisconsin towards the end, it was a lot closer than the score was. That second half was some weird stuff happened. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Notre Dame to slip up right here. So it's not on my card, but my fourth pick would be Cincinnati minus two, I think it is. Yeah. So, Ben – Two good things. The first good thing is I like how we're going to be on the opposite side a lot of this podcast, which is, makes for great podcasting. The second thing is Notre Dame, I agree with you, is definitely overrated and will get got this season. Just not this Saturday. Look, Cincinnati, in my opinion, is overrated. I want to buy into this team. I like Cincinnati. It's a great university. I've actually visited it before. I went to the Cincinnati UCF game when they brought UCF's regular season to an end, but I just don't think that Cincinnati should be favored on the road in South Bend against Notre Dame. I mean, that crowd's going to be insanely loud. Jack Cohn is a little banged up, but Jack Cohn's actually been playing well. He's able to get the ball down the field and make explosive plays. I think Kyle Hamilton, keep your eye out on him. He's a secondary player for Notre Dame. Is absolutely nasty. He's the guy who made that crazy interception against Florida State. He'll be flying all over the field making plays. I think Indiana is terrible. If I bet Western Kentucky last week, and Western Kentucky probably should have won if they didn't have like, like a major brain fart in the game. I think Cincinnati is just outclassed here. 
I just don't think they have – I don't think they have what it takes. I mean, I will say this. You're supposed to be crosswinds blowing back and forth. It's definitely going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out kind of game. I just feel like Notre Dame, as they have all season long, will find ways to make plays and win this game. I just don't see Cincinnati coming in. See, like if Cincinnati was an underdog, I'd probably think they could pull it off. But the fact that they're favored, I just feel like they're going to crumble. And like you said, Ritter just gave them some bullet board material. I really think Notre Dame will grind it out and win this one low-scoring. Like, I say, like – like 23 to like seven or like 23 10 like i think it's gonna be a really ugly low scoring game Notre Dame pulls it out ryan kelly is very very good in at in home games that are less than uh touchdown spread i think mm-hmm. he's 12 and th- 12 and 3 as the irish head coach yeah and also too Notre Dame's 5 and 0 all time as a home dog and when they've also been ranked, I mean, I was looking at the list of games they've won, and it's crazy. I mean, shoot, they even beat Clemson last year. Obviously, that doesn't look yeah. as good because of how DJ looks now. But, I mean, they still scored like 30-something points in that game. So, I just feel like Notre Dame at home is in too good of a spot. Um, the other thing I was going to say, too, is honestly, Brian Kelly, you know, he really doesn't get the credit for how good of a coach he actually is. I mean, he's getting lesser recruits than a lot of, you know, Ohio State is. He's getting lesser recruits than all these SEC schools. He's even lesser recruits than Clemson and then – he always manages to keep Notre Dame at least in the top 10. They only drop one or two games a year. And I just think that he deserves way more credit for what he does there. He's one of the elite coaches and he's also from Cincinnati. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, I don't know if he's like, I don't think he's underrated as coach, but he doesn't get the praise he deserves. I also mm-hmm. believe he just became the most winningest coach in Notre Dame football. History. He is. Yeah. There's some pretty impressive historical names on that list. One of them being Lou Holtz. So, it's a, he's got a great resume. Thank God he's not on ESPN anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Next game up on here is the game that I know Ben himself is most excited to watch this weekend, as am I. Nervous. Can't lie. Nervous, not oh, excited. It's going to be one hell of a game. We have the Ole Miss Rebels on the road playing Alabama down in Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss is a 14.5-point dog. The total is sitting at 79.5. I'll start out on this one. Look. Ben, I think Alabama wins this game, no problem about it. Thing is, though, I think Matt Corral might actually be the best quarterback in all of college football this year. I think Matt Corral and this Ole Miss offense, we all know how good they are. We all know how many points were scored last year. I'm going to talk about the the spread first before I get to the total. I think Matt Corral is going to be able to score points with Alabama. I think this game could go a lot like the Florida game does where you see Alabama get up by like 17, 21 points. But the thing is, I don't think Alabama's run game is what it is in the past. There's definitely don't have Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram, any of those guys in the backfield like Ben and I were talking about earlier on the phone this week. I just feel like that they're going to be able to score points. We've seen Lane Kiffin run out of the back of the end zone before for a safety to cover it, to cover it over. We all know Lane Kiffin knows what the, what the spread is in this game. He is going to backdoor that no matter what happens. I mean, he's going to be throwing, 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 throwing. They also, I mean, this is the year when everyone's so mediocre that a guy like Matt Corral, who plays on a three loss team could win the Heisman trophy. Lane Kiffin is that in mind too, is he is a just, you know, a player's coach. who loves to have fun. I think Ole Miss, Puts points up here. I think Alabama ultimately wins the game. But I also am going to say this. This total is absolutely absurd. An 80-point over-under. Like, this is absolutely absurd. I just think out of principle, you have to take the under. You know, if they have a couple turnovers or a team gets stopped on downs like twice in this game, it couldn't hit. I mean, 80 points is so many points. As much as people are saying the over is a lock, just hit the over. 
I'm just not willing to sweat that one out. I also am not going to try to sweat out the under. I already sweat out an Ole Miss under once this season. It is not fun. I just feel like, though, if you're going to play the total, you have to play under. But I'm definitely on Ole Miss for a max bet for the 14 and a half. I think it's too much value. So I will start with the total of this game. Um, In order for an over to hit over 80, you really need kind of everything to fall into place. Um, You can't have, you know, four or five-minute drives with no scoring. Or you can't have, like, three possessions in a row from from both teams, you know, back-to-back-to-back, no scoring. Because then you're really behind the eight ball. On the other side of that, I believe the total score of last year was like 110 or 112. It was something absurd. And it very well could be that. Like, you know, 49-42, that could be the final score of this game, and that hits. I mean, that's cool. Hey, that's <laughs> yeah, cool with I mean, me, man, because so, Ole Miss hits. <laughs> yeah. So, I, once again, um, as of now, I don't have a play on this. In my opinion, I think it's really high. I think it's 47 and a half. I think if anything, the best play other than – I like if you're taking a side, I would say you have to take Ole Miss with the points. Um, but I, w- I think a really good bet that people should look into is Alabama team total over 47 and a half. And the reason for that is because if Ole Miss wins this football game, it's not – it's not going to be 28-17 or 35-20. Like, like Bama's going to score on this on them. I don't care if their defense is improved. I, I'm pretty sure Bryce Young could score on an Ole Miss defense. Um, so I think if Ole Miss wins, it's a shootout and a slugout. And even though 47.5 is a lot of points, I, I think it could hit. So I, I'm looking into that. I haven't taken it. I haven't taken that or anything yet. In terms of the actual, actual game, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. did not play last week. He was battling, I think it's a rib injury. Practiced this week. Stephen expects him to go. The best running back on the team is Jason McClendon. Like, he, he's an absolute stud. Great pass catcher out of the backfield. Has the ability to make people miss. But, yeah, I mean, Bama's running backs are not what they've had. I mean, they've had gods in the past. Like, I mean – for the people that don't know, Thomas trivia question. Since I know, I know you know this answer, who are the last running backs to win the Heisman? Uh, Derek Henry and Mark Ingram, right? Yeah, I mean they're gods. Like those are sketched in college football history as gods. So, yeah, they don't have a Trent Richardson, and Mark Ingram, T.J. Yeldon. Like they don't have these guys, but they're still Alabama running backs. They're still really talented. I I think Alabama will be able to move the football. Um, you know. Everyone likes to talk about Ole Miss and Corral's ability to throw the football. He's run the ball a lot more this year than he has in years past with the read option RPO game. And not to mention Jerion Ely, I believe it's, just, it's either Ely or early. I think it's Ely is the Ole Miss running back. He's very, very good, very quick. He ran kind of all over Alabama last year because a lot of people play Ole Miss to have the pass and they get these delayed handoffs and he's really, really fast. For people that want to know how great of an athlete this kid is, he was the starting center fielder on the baseball team or starting second baseman or center fielder plays on the old Miss's baseball team, which is Ole Miss's one of their best sports as a school, if not their best sport. So kids an athlete really, really fast. I, I think a lot of points are going to be scored, but I'm not going to lay the over. I'm probably going to watch this as a fan. 
Um, I guess I apologize for not having a bet on uh, the first three games we talked about. I promise I have stuff on my card. I'm just not confident. I'm not going to just lay lay a bet when I'm not confident in it. If I had to, I would agree with you on the Ole Miss spread and or the Bama team total. Hey, it's okay, Ben. Like I said last week, this, there's no value really that lies in the big games, rarely at least. They lies in the Degen games. And, you know, sometimes the big games are the games you look back on at the end of the season. You're like, damn, I probably should have bet that. But, you know, it's always best to watch those. For the, fans. For the, for the fourth pick on the pod, put me down for Ole Miss spread. That's, that's what we'll go with. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Last college football game here before we get to an absolutely loaded NFL card. We have the Auburn Tigers facing the LSU Tigers in Baton Rouge. LSU is a three-point favorite over under 56. Ben, you do anything on this one? I finally have a play, and I'm pretty confident you and I are on opposite sides of this, which is cool. Uh, I'm on LSU. Um, I mean, they play every game at night. There's people like, oh, this is a night game. LSU plays every home game at night. They have forever, it seems like. So, uh, But it's very tough to play there. I have no idea who's starting for Auburn. I, in terms of me, I hope it's Bo Nix because I have LSU. I'm taking LSU minus. I took an alternate spread. Uh, I'm taking minus three instead of the three and a half. I hate being on the on the wrong sides of hooks, so I, I bought the half a point down to get it to LSU minus three. So that's my play. It's either Bo Nix or it's TJ Finley, and TJ Finley was the quarterback at LSU who transferred because he lost the job to Revenge game. Max Johnson. So yeah, it plays to your narrative. I don't think he's good enough to where the revenge factor matters. He's a big kid. He's hard to tackle. I just, I'm taking LSU mainly because they're home and I don't think Auburn's passing offense is good enough to keep up. Once again, I'm going to say this. I say this every game about Auburn and when they listen, Mm -hmm. Auburn plays very well. And when they don't listen, they look like shit. Run tank Bigsby 35 times a game god gave him that big body for a reason let him let him run all over people he's got that ability he's that good of a running back and i'm blanking on it i wish i had cody uh as a phone a friend because their other running back is also very good auburn should not if bo Nix plays auburn should let him throw the ball 20 times or less every single time he steps on the field he's not good stop letting him drop back to throw it 30 plus times you're never going to win games like that run the ball 50 times a game who cares if they're getting stopped? Three-yard runs by a running back that's the size of Tank Bigsby can wear defense down, and they don't do it every single game. They did it a little bit against Penn State, and in the second half, it seems like they forgot how to run the football, and Bo Nix was just dropping back, and you're not winning games like that. So because – and listen, I know the offensive coordinator for Auburn very well. His name is Mike Bobo. He was the offensive coordinator of my childhood being a Georgia fan. He's a dumbass. In big games, he's a dumbass. He, he does not know how to call plays. He never did for Georgia. Still doesn't for Auburn. I don't trust him, so I'm taking LSU. And I don't like LSU because I don't like their coaching staff. As I mentioned, every single time I talk about an LSU game, Coach O gets outcoached very often in big games. But I don't see him getting outcoached by Brian Harson. I am on the opposite side of Ben here in this game. Look. Auburn has the best defense in all of college football on explosive passing downs. So on basically downs where you know the other team's going to pass, Auburn is giving up the least yardage in all of college football. 
LSU last week against Mississippi State got everything off explosive pass plays down the field. LSU had four or had uh, all three of their touchdowns. And one of them, I think, was defensive, and then the other three were all big explosive plays that were 40 yards plus. One of them was like a 65-yard touchdown pass. Absolutely absurd. I don't think you're going to get that on this Auburn defense. Auburn is a damn good defense, and they held their own against Penn State, who's now the number four team in the nation. Also, on top of that, I agree with you, Ben, that I don't think either of these quarterbacks can have much of an effect on this game, but I'm going to go back to what you said in your matchup. Tank Bigsby will run the ball all over this LSU defense. This LSU run defense is absolutely terrible. I think Auburn last weekend was trying to, like, give him more of a rest so they can have a big workload on him this week. It's a huge game for Auburn. Now, I don't know if Auburn actually win this game outright. I like three in the hook because it gives you that hook, which I think could end up being what we win this game by. I think it's going to be a tight game. And this game is – that's why I got off the hook on my side. No, that's smart for sure. If I took LSU, I would need no hook for sure. I think Auburn's going to run the ball down their throats, control the possession of the ball. If TJ Finley's in there, it'll be the TJ Finley revenge game. And if Bo Nix is in there, then I think Bo Nix can help them on the in that ground attack as well. He's a decent runner. He's way better as yeah. a runner than he is a passer. So, you know, I think that this game, I just feel like Auburn's offense, I, I feel like Auburn's strength, strengths are LSU's weaknesses. Based off those, I'm taking Auburn in the points here. Who would you rather see play quarterback? Um, TJ Finley. I like the revenge game angle for him too much. I'm all about my revenge games. I think revenge games revenge games are huge in sports. I would love to see this revenge game right here. Um, We're going to get to one in the NFL pretty soon. Oh, yeah. We definitely got a revenge game coming up here soon. Um, ben, any other college football play you want to drop? Just like maybe one more before we run to NFL? Yeah. Um, I really like... Let me pull it up real quick. I really like – it's a really high over. I like the over 72 in Duke at UNC. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you want to know my reasoning for this, I, <laughs> I'll go through it real quick. Let's go through Duke's schedule. They're 3-1 and one right now, which they lost to Charlotte uh, week one. Duke in the last two weeks gave up 33 points to Kansas and 23 points to Northwestern. Those are two of the worst programs in, in Division One this year. Kansas is always one of the worst programs. Charlotte, they give up 31 points to. I know oh, that UNC – Yeah, I mean, UNC has the ability – I think UNC should score 50 in this game. Like, I, I would be – I'm going to be shocked if they don't score 50 or more points in this game. And then on the other side of that – well, let me go to Duke's offense first. Duke put up 52 against Kansas, 30 against Northwestern. Uh, 28 against Charlotte, so they have the ability to score. Let's look at North Carolina's defense. North Carolina gave up uh, 17 to Virginia Tech, 17 to Georgia State, 39 points to Virginia, and 45 points to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just thrashed UNC. You give up 45 points to Georgia Tech, I got to think the other team can score on you every single week. UNC gets me 50-plus points. I feel good about the over 72. So I like over 72 in that game. Um, another one that I'll just give out just real quick is in the, the the really good Big Ten matchup this week, or maybe not really good, but Michigan and Wisconsin this week. Um, I'm taking under 43 and a half. I know that that's not a, a lot of points, but I'm going to take under, and here's why. Michigan hasn't proved to me that they can throw the ball. Um, against Rutgers last week, I believe their quarterback went nine for 17. And in the second half, Michigan only converted three first downs. That's pretty embarrassing. 
Wisconsin's mm-hmm. defense, in total defense, they rank second in the country, right behind Georgia. Michigan's defense ranks 34th in total defense. It's two really good defenses. I like the front seven of Wisconsin. And whoever scouted Graham Mertz, you owe the, the world and gamblers an apology because clearly he's not very good. So the fact that I don't trust Michigan's quarterback to be able to throw the football, it's really hard to run on Wisconsin. I'm going to take under 43 and a half. Honestly, Ben, I think both those are solid plays. I like your handicap a lot. I still haven't – I'm still looking to take one more total, so both those are definitely in play. Ben made a real – I didn't even think about the UNC over like that. That's, that's a great call. I just saw it was at 72 and turned my nose up, but honestly, you're probably right. They'll probably go way over that. Um, for me, the only, I'll add one other bet on here. So my other bet is another max play in college football. I got two this week. UAB money line against Liberty. You might say, hold up, Liberty's nasty. I'm going to say – you really paid any attention liberty is the one of the most overrated programs in all of college football liberty so the first place i'm going to start at is uab is actually good uab beat tulane at tulane last week they beat north texas 40 to 6 i mean obviously they lost to georgia who didn't get shown up by georgia's defense at least they scored they did better than vandy did that's all i'm going to say about that and then they blew out jacksonville state who beat Florida State in Tallahassee. And now Florida State is favored over Syracuse this week, a team that's 3-1, and one, they're 0-4, makes absolutely no sense. But Florida State is favored over a team that beat Liberty last week and beat them convincingly. Liberty made a massive comeback and got back in the game and couldn't, couldn't really handle themselves after that. Look, I think that they're out. Liberty's absolutely outclassed in this game by UAB, who's probably in the five best power five, or, uh, non-Power 5 teams. Also, on top of that, this is their first game in a brand-new stadium. It's a sellout crowd. They're going to be going absolutely crazy. I think UAB houses them this weekend. I bet UAB will win this game probably like 31 to 10 or something like that. I don't think Liberty's got much of a chance in this game. Um, Anyway, it's all we have for college football. Gave you all a lot of bets right there. I pretty much gave you all all my bets. I only have, I think, two that aren't listed on that that, uh, rundown we just gave out. But let's go over to some NFL football here. And we'll kick things off with a game that I'm very excited with, a game I have another bet on. And we will go with the Cleveland Browns on the road at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is currently a two-point home dog over Wonders at 51.5. So I don't have anything here for you all on the, on the total in this game. But look, Cleveland's getting 62% of the bets and 70% of the money right now. Y'all know I'm a huge Browns advocate, absolutely huge Browns advocate. I'm, I'm can't back the Browns here, man. I think the Vikings are the most underrated team in the NFL. Look, the Vikings had fourth quarter win shares above 60% in every single one of their games this season, yet they're one and two. They pounded the Seahawks without Dalvin Cook, who will be back this week. Um, they missed a chip shot 36-yard field goal to lose to the Cardinals in a game where they pretty much dominated the entire game, and Arizona had to leave a massive comeback. And then they had the most penalties of any team in one half of football this year. In the first half of the game against the Bengals, they battled all the way back and fumbled in field goal range in overtime to lose. I think that the Vikings are very underrated here. Kirk Cousins is currently fourth in the NFL in fantasy points. I know you might say that's stupid that you give a fantasy points perspective, but Kirk Cousins is putting up numbers as a QB this season, yardage touchdowns he's doing it all look Kirk Cousins is 
is definitely an above-average quarterback, but this offense is absolutely loaded. I mean, Adam Thielen looks like Adam Thielen that got the big contract he has. Justin Jefferson might be the best young receiver in the NFL. And then you have Dalvin Cook, who's an absolute animal on the ground. This is a Vikings team that y'all know I was very high on before the season started as I picked him to win their division as a dog and took their win total over. I think the Vikings get right at home here and beat a damn good Browns team in a really fun game to watch. Is Dalvin officially going to be in just because – I have him in fantasy, and I saw that he was limited in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I heard he's definitely giving it a go. I think he, Madison will see some carries, but at big points in the game, it's going to be Dalvin Cook for sure. Well, if he's officially in, then I, I haven't locked this in yet, but my play would be over 51. Uh, listen, I know the Browns have a good defense. I, I don't think it matters in this matchup. As long as Kirk Cousins has some time to throw, uh, to stay away from the, the big, scary defensive ends. Their receivers are plenty good to shred in secondary. I think the the Vikings have the ability to be the most balanced team in the football because you have a stud running back, top three, top four running back, Dalvin Cook, a very good backup running back, Mattinson, who runs the ball hard every time he touches it. Mm-hmm. And you have two great, reliable receivers to throw to. It just all comes down to the consistency of Kirk Cousins, which can be a week-to-week situation. So. I'm going to take the over because I think the Browns could score on a Vikings defense that still isn't very good. Uh, I think you and I thought the Vikings defense would be better than last year. I I don't know if I can say they've been better just yet. So um, it's weird. You and I both like Zimmer as a coach. He's a, he's a defensive-minded coach. He just maybe just doesn't have the players to run like a scheme that he would want to run because teams have, can score on the Vikings now. So. I'm going to take the over. I don't love taking overs in Browns games because their drives kind of take a long time. Mm-hmm. They're like slow, methodical drives running the football, but I'm going to take over 51 in this matchup. I like that play, Ben. I honestly consider that one myself. So I think that is a really good play. I think there'll be, it's just too good of offenses. Also, too, one thing we didn't even mention is you got Stefanski, the guy who came from Minnesota going oh, yeah. back to play his old team. So there's a little bit of that, too. Maybe Zimmer's got the secret sauce to stop his defense. Probably not, though. Anyway, next game up here on the slate is personally my favorite game of the entire Sunday matchups. Arizona Cardinals 3-0 team goes on the team to play road to play another 3-0 team. The Rams over under on this game is 54 and a half Rams four point home favorite. You doing anything on this one? What's the spread in this one again? Four. Rams are the home home team. Yeah. I I mean, I love the Rams this year, but it's to me, like in my head, I feel like I have to ride the Cardinals until they show me what I actually think they are. And I think the Cardinals are a good football team, but I think they have slip-ups from week to week because I don't trust their head coach. Um, but I love Kyler Murray. He seems to love his weapons. Is DeAndre Hopkins back? I heard that he's supposed to play. Okay, so I'm going to wait to put this pick in. If he is playing, I'm taking Cardinals plus four, and I will be taking the Cardinals until further notice. Okay. Um, I definitely don't hate that pick at all. 
I'm going on the other side of this thing, though, and I'm going with the Rams. Look, Kyler Murray statistically has his worst games against this Rams defense. He has never beaten the Rams as the starting quarterback in the NFL. I think the Rams somehow have his number. I just feel like that this defense is going to be able to shut them down. I feel like on the flip side of things, this Rams offense is one of the best units in the NFL. I think they'll have no problem going up and down the field in this game. I'm actually going to take the over at 54 and a half, and I'm also going to take the Rams minus four. I think there will be points in this game. Ultimately, though, I think the Rams get the job done. Jalen Ramsey will come up with some big plays, him and Aaron Donald both, as they seem to always do, the star power of the Rams. I believe when Jalen Ramsey was asked a couple of years ago, who's the toughest receiver to match up against? I believe he said DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he and did. I believe, I believe when DeAndre Hopkins asked who's the toughest corner, he had said Jalen Ramsey. So a lot of mutual respect between the two. Um, I hope Hopkins is, if he's playing, I hope he's full strength because that's a phenomenal matchup. That's the best corner in football versus the best wide receiver in football, if, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I love that matchup. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a game to watch. That might be the best game in the NFL to watch this weekend, as I alluded to. Um, next game up here, we'll go with another one of the uh, of the regular matchups. We also we trust me, guys. We got both primetime matchups on here. That's how good this card is. I always like to do one of the primetime matchups, but just because this week, you know, like they're extra good, I was like, all right, we got to do it this way. So, next team up here that we're gonna go with is we're going to go with. The Seattle Seahawks on the road at the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks are currently um, a three-point road dog over under set at 52. Ben, you do anything on this one? Yeah, I've already locked in this bet. I like it a lot. Uh, I, I'm on Seahawks' money line. Um, I I know that they don't play as well on the road, but they I think they know – they, meaning they're the leader, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, I think they know this is almost as, as close to a, a must-win game as the early NFL season gets. I know it's a long NFL season, but if you fall behind in this division, they're one and two right now. They fall to one and three. It's it's getting a little scary. I, I think Russell Wilson comes through in this game. I hate their defense, and I hate the way they play in the second half. I don't understand how a team – I get it if you do it once – but I don't understand how a team can do this year after year, play a great first half and follow it up with a shit second half. I think they play differently and play more aggressive because they know this is somewhat like a must-win game. And I'm going to choose the better quarterback in this game. You know I love Russell Wilson. It's hard not to love Russell Wilson. I know the defense is very good in San Francisco, but I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks' money line. Okay, so – I can't even, I'm not going to disagree with you that one on that one. I'm also not going to agree on that one. Seattle does suck on the road and I don't trust Seattle's defense at all because when I look at the, at, at a uh, San, at San Francisco, San Francisco is a power run team. And what does Seattle struggled with the last two weeks? They played Minnesota and they played against um, Detroit or uh, Tennessee. Both those teams power run the football. They could not stop those run games. I don't have much faith in them stopping the, uh, the San Francisco run game here. On the flip side of things, San Francisco's secondary is beat up. How are they going to match up against DK and Tyler Lockett? Like you said, Ben, the Seahawks offense definitely knows how to move the ball. Both teams have suspect defenses right now. I feel like the 49ers defend home field. I would probably lean towards the 49ers, but nothing for me on on a side in that game. 
I like the total to go over here. I haven't officially bet it. I probably will do it as I'm not done with my NFL card, but I 100% have locked in that max bet on Minnesota. But um, I just feel like, you know, that they're going to be – both teams are going to move the ball up and down the field. I really feel like that they're, they're San Francisco's going to be able to run the football. Seattle's going to be able to throw the ball. And like you said, Ben, Seattle's going to be desperate. This is going to be their A game. I expect DK and Lockett to have a huge day. If you have them in fantasy stardom, I'd say over easily here. Do you Do you know what – I don't want to put you on the spot because I'm, you might have to look this up. But do you know what San Francisco overs have done this year? Through the first couple of weeks, and the um, only reason they hit the last they hit last week. They should have hit against Detroit as well because they scored the like only fifty re- plus. The only reason I ask is teams who like to run the ball first. I don't love taking overs on because drives take a lot longer. Mm. And if they're, I mean, their defense is supposed to be better than probably what they've shown. I think you can say that for a lot of NFL teams, but it, it like running the football with a better defense than your offense kind of scares me with overs, but mm-hmm. Seattle can score in a blink of an eye. There's, there's something I'm a little worried about with Seattle yeah. is Tyler Lockett's availability. I, Ooh. I think, let me double check. Cause I do have him on one of my fantasy teams. I can tell you real quick, but he got hurt last week. It looked really, really bad. And it, the the report that came out was not as bad as people thought. So he's still listed as questionable. It says it doesn't really say. He was limited <laughs> and he was limited and practiced on Wednesday. It's a game time decision essentially for him to play. So I will say this: I do not love my Seattle Seahawks money line bet if he does not play as much. I still like it, but Tyler Lockett's been on another level this year. Yeah, he has been going. He's been going crazy so far. The over is two and one so far in San Francisco football games, by the way. So, yeah, I mean, this is another great one. No fish, not official yet. For now, it'll be forced play on the over, but I'm really leaning towards playing that over. I like it a lot. Um, last game that's just, you know, one of the standalones on Sunday before we get to the two primetime games. Pittsburgh goes on the road to play Green Bay. Green Bay in this game is currently a um, six and a half point home favorite over under set at 45 and a half. I'll go again on this one. So I've definitely have officially played the under 45 and a half for one unit. I'm feeling like this is going to be a max play for me as I'll come back and double down on the total again in this game. Look, Pittsburgh's offensive line is pathetic pittsburgh's offense is absolutely pathetic i think the steelers are the best under bet team in the nfl because this defense is absolutely nasty i feel like green bay really really wanted that game as i said last week against san francisco i just felt like green bay you know rogers got it got embarrassed twice in that season when when san francisco went to the super bowl he got embarrassed twice in that stadium i feel like that was just revenge for him also you know it's kind of the shanahan lafleur thing is they're both from the same tree i think green bay exerted a lot of energy and really wanted that one last week i don't expect them to take this one as seriously versus a pittsburgh team that's kind of sucks i would lean towards pittsburgh in the points but i simply can't play it because this offensive line run game and ben roethlisberger are all absolutely terrible i feel like that green bay is going to try to run the football they're not gonna be able to do much rogers will be under duress this pittsburgh defense is absolutely nasty I just think this game screams They haven't played under. great, though. Yeah, they have, they could definitely play better, but at the same time, they've hit the under in every single game this season. They they can't move the football. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a pick on this game. If I you know for the force pick for the since we do that for the pod, I would I would agree with the under as well. Yeah, it's did you it's see def- did you see Najee Harris at fourteen? I think he had fourteen catches last week. 
Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Najee Harris is an absolute freak. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, but they should have picked a freaking offensive lineman. It's so obvious. Like, what's the point of having – it's like having a Ferrari but not being able to put any gas in its tank. Like, that's literally what it's like. Their offensive line was expected to be bad, and it is bad. Yeah, it is It is terrible. Big Ben's already – he's already hurt. Yeah, he, Big Ben is – Big Ben's got to retire, man. somebody got to tell him. Um, last two games here are arguably the two best games of the entire NFL card. They are also the primetime games. First game right here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New England Patriots. The revenge game been alluded to about 30 minutes ago. Finally, we're here. Bucks are a seven-point seven road favorite. Over-under set at 49. Ben, go first. I mean, I'll go first, and it'll be short and sweet because I'm not picking this game. I know that you have a pick on this game. I know you have a smirk on your face like you can't wait to talk about this game. <laughs> um, listen, the Patriots offense, they have no, they still have no weapons. I think I said it on last week's pod. When you're paying Nelson Aguilar, I think he's getting $13 million to be your number one receiver. You, you have some issues. For whatever reason, Gianna Smith is not succeeding in the Patriots offense like he did under Arthur Smith in Tennessee. I'm not sure Hunter Henry's done anything so far this year. I haven't heard his name. Um, I really thought the Patriots would do a lot with those two tight ends since we know Belichick and the Patriots loved the two tight end sets that they ran with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez for a long, long time. I, I have no read on this game. Like everything in my power wants to take Brady in the spread, but I'm not going to do that because I think you're going to get to this. Like I'm not like Belichick. I think Brady wants to go in there and embarrass Belichick, not the Patriots fan base. I think he just wants to just dominate every game he plays in. I think on the other side of that, Belichick wants to embarrass Brady and pick him off a couple times and stuff like that. But the Patriots team isn't good enough to do what I think Bill Belichick wants to do, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if we're being honest, like I don't, I don't want to slander my guy, but like Mac, I mean, Mac Jones just he, he just doesn't. He turned it over a lot last week, but he's not going to be a quarterback that's going to win a lot of football games by himself. I think he needs a lot of help, and currently he doesn't have a lot of help. And unfortunately for him, the greatest coach in all of the sport, which he's playing under, can't draft the wide receiver for his life. So Patriots got to get some receivers for this man for any quarterback that they have. I just – I don't know what to do on this game, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I got no pick if I had to. What is it, minus seven, you said? Mm -hmm. I would honestly take the minus seven with the Bucks If I had to, but I'm not going to. Hey, can't blame you on that one, Ben. Me being the contrarian player I am, the first thing I'm going to say is what it – so rookie quarterbacks have done terrible so far in this season, NFL season. Last night we saw Trevor Lawrence and the Jags play a lot better. Look, yep. this Buccaneers defense is terrible, and it's not being talked about enough. We watched Dallas all, should have beat them if they didn't miss a field goal, and they put up 27 points. We watched the Falcons hang with them until the fourth quarter. Our lowly, stinky Falcons hung with the Bucks and was able to score points. Last week, we watched the Rams not get stopped till they quit playing as they got up so big and tried to kill the clock. I feel like if Mac Jones is going to come out and have success, this is the absolute perfect game for it. Look, for Brady, there's so much emotion in this game. This is a return to Fox, brother. He's going to he's gonna break the NFL all-time passing yards record in the middle of this game. They'll probably stop play. 
Look, Bill Belichick is pissed off. His name's been getting drugged through the mud. I feel like this is whiteboard. You don't want a whiteboard game for Belichick, and this is the game here. The public is 88% on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is so overrated. They're 0-3 against the spread so far. They're going to go 0-4 here. Mac Jones and the Patriots are going to win this game outright. This is the game. Like, this is the Patriots Super Bowl for the season. This is not the Buccaneers (laughs) Super Bowl. There's too much pressure, or not even too much pressure. There's too much emotion on Tom Brady this game and his return to Foxborough. I really just think this is the kind of game where Belichick comes out and wins. And, you know, hey, if I'm wrong, Belichick might be washed up. But this is the Belichick game of all Belichick games. He is Bill Belichick, the best coach in NFL history. I don't think it's like Bill is washed up. I think their offense is not good enough to do anything. Uh, yeah, I just feel like, though, that there's if there's any game, and, I mean, we've seen it so many times in the past. Obviously, they don't have Tom Brady, but if there's any game that they just come out and pull something out of their ass, it's this game, in my opinion. So the fans will be clapping as soon as Tom Brady breaks that record. Do you think Bill Belichick will be? Fuck no. <laughs> no chance. It's Bill Belichick. We'll see how the uh, – doesn't even matter who wins. We'll see how they uh, – we'll see what – I mean, is it a handshake? Is it a hug? Is it a long conversation? Is it a kind of a – No, nah, I don't think Belichick's going to have time for him before the game. I really don't. No, I'm, I don't saying think after, Bra- I'm saying after. I'm saying after the game. Nah, I say after the game, if they win, may, if the Patriots win, maybe if the Patriots lose, Belichick will be in that locker room quicker than about any quicker than the Flash. We'll see. I I think he'll man up and 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 give Tom a hug or at least a handshake. I don't know. There's some bad blood there. I would not be shocked by any means, babe. But it'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Could it be end up being a complete blowout? And I, I'm hoping. It's I do want to. I do want to say one last thing. I think the pressure in this game is on Mac Jones. Like Brady's already proven he can win without Belichick. Belichick doesn't need to prove anything at this point. He's, he's the best coach in NFL history. I think a lot of people would say that Mac Jones, his entire career is always going to be like, you know, Brady was able to do this with Belichick by the time he was his seventh start or in his second year. Like, you know, Tom's coming to you now. If, if Tom Brady goes off and Mac Jones, kind of struggles once again or just kind of has one of those Mac Jones games where he's not really turning the ball over, but he's not really moving the ball downfield. The NFL Network and, and all these NFL analysts are going to be like all over the bad news train for Mac Jones. I, I really do think that, especially because the Bucks defense hasn't played great. Yeah, I don't know. I still feel like all the pressure is on Brady in this game, man. It's just like the perfect storm for him to break he's the NFL got no passing yard record. You'd be surprised, man, what emotion can do. This is going to be an interesting game for Tom Brady. Last game on the slate, Monday night football. Cannot wait for it. Nothing better than a good Monday night football game. We got the Raiders back on Monday night football on the road at the Chargers playing in Los Angeles. Chargers three-point home favorites over under 51.5. Anything from you, Ben? Mm, I haven't locked anything in yet. Everything wants to tell me. So, th- so this game is something. So the Raiders are three and zero, and I'm I'm pretty impressed with three and zero. They beat Baltimore. I think that's a pretty good team. Yep. They beat Pittsburgh. I don't think that's a great team, but it was at Pittsburgh. It was the first game at Pittsburgh with fans. So I think that actually means a little bit more than just playing the team. Absolutely. And then they beat and then they beat Miami. And I know that Miami doesn't have great quarterback play, whether it's Tua or Jacoby Brissett, but Miami's defense is very good, and they were able to pull out a late game. The 3-0 is impressive. I get that. It's not. It's still before Thanksgiving, so you can ride the Raiders a little bit. 
my thing is the Chargers, who I think are the better team, even though they're two and one, are coming off a huge win. Just beating the Chiefs is a massive win. It's a division win. Well, this is also a division game, but they got the division win against the Chiefs. Got that monkey off their back. It's a rookie head coach who beat the Chiefs in his first time playing them. I think that's pretty impressive. Do they have a letdown spot? And that, and we know we both know the home crowd is not great for Chargers games. Yep. Maybe maybe it's better in the new stadium now than it was when they were playing at that soccer stadium. I just. I don't know. So I will have something in this game because it's Monday. I don't have anything now. If you want, you can follow me on the action app. I'll probably put it in there. It's Ben underscore Gorowitz. Um, I don't have anything right now. I'm interested to see what you have. If I had to force pick something, what's the total? Um, The total is 51 and. I'd probably take the over if I had to pick anything in this game. What about you? I really don't know yet on this one. All the reasons you mentioned are pretty much the reason why I'm in between. I'm going to say this. I would lean towards the Chargers. I don't like the way that Raiders injury reports looking currently. It's just starting to stack up with a lot of bodies. This is a tough game to bet, though. I mean, the last time the Chargers were at the house, they lost. I think this Chargers team is really, really good, though. I think both teams are really good. I think both teams are real contenders. I don't know. We'll we'll figure some about about these teams for now. For force pick, I'm going to lean to the Chargers. That could easily be different though on game day. All, my force pick will be over uh, fifty one and a half. Hey, well there it is, guys. Ben, anything else from you before we get up out of here? Yeah, one more bet. Um, I texted you about it to kind of see what your thoughts were on this game. I I really liked it, so. Uh, you know, I feel like sharing it out. So there was a report that Lamar Jackson is having a little bit of back spasms. He's going to play. I mean, he'll play. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's 100% for that reason. And I'm wondering if it's – do you remember when he flipped in the end zone against the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. It was a walk-in touchdown. He decided to flip in the end zone. He did land on his back. It was not like a complete flip. I'm wondering if, if that may have tweaked something in his back. You never know. Um, I don't want to speculate, but maybe Broncos have a great defense. We know that. Um, my thing is, if I'm remembering correctly, I, I don't have stats pulled in front of it, but the Broncos pass defense is a little bit better than the run defense or is their total defense just very good? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I don't know if you know on top of your head. Shout out my boy, Pat Sertain from Alabama has been absolutely locked down this year. Um, I'm taking under 44 and a half in this game. I I feel pretty confident in this pick. And the Ravens love to run the football. They take the occasional deep shot downfield. But I trust uh-huh. that the Broncos I trust the Broncos secondary against the Ravens pass game since it's not great. The Ravens pass game. With Lamar not being hundred percent, there's the chance he could possibly leave the game early if he takes a big hit when he's run the football. And then the Broncos. The Broncos are the the type of offense, like I mentioned, kind of like the Browns were. It's a slow, methodical drive. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't score in under five plays very often. It's They, they have a very balanced offense between uh, Gordon and Williams running the football. They still have good receivers. Um, you know, Tim Patrick is is a waiver wire pickup that I think a lot of people are interested in. And then they still have Cortland Sutton. They're w- still without Jerry Judy, and I think K.J. Hamler got hurt as well. But Noah Fant's been off to a good start as a tight end. So 
the balanced, slow, methodical offense for the Broncos mixed with a great defense with a, maybe a little bit banged up Lamar Jackson and the Ravens like to run the football. I'm going to take under 44 and a half. Yeah, I don't have anything yet in that one. Maybe Denver, but not sure yet. Is that is that all you got, Ben? Yeah, I'm just going to take the under in that game. Perfect. Well, anyway, Ben, it was another good one. Hope best of luck to both of us. For sure, man. It's uh, it's it's nice being to where we don't agree every single week, and that's always happened in the couple of years that we've done it. But uh, you and I tend to look at some some things that we kind of look at very similar, so that's why we can tend to have the same picks. But we'll see. It you know, best of luck to you. Hey, best of luck to you as well, Ben. Best of luck to everyone that tuned in today and listened to us. Hope everyone has a good week in betting. Remember, please bet responsibly. We'll see you all on Tuesday.